Hi, this is Tony at Cover Magazine. I'm speaking to Larry Masson, um, an experienced wealth manager and a franchise partner at Consult by Momentum. Larry, thank you very much for talking to me today. Good night, Tony. Thanks for having me. Great. Larry, we set this meeting to have a, a discussion around President Ramaphosa's uh, sauna um, talk, but um, it wasn't really shall I say, electrifying, and um, we didn't get too much um, meat out of that. But that in itself sort of um, brings us back to the art of financial planning, actually, because it is very clear that there's no shining knight in shining armor that's going to come riding in and save our financial futures. So it's up to our clients, ourselves, and then also um, uh, you know, financial advisors to add that value. Yeah, Tony, I must say that the show before Sona happened with uh, our EFF friends was almost the most exciting part of of, of yesterday's um, Sona address. Yeah. Uh, um, having said that, um, at least, you know, they say you cannot address a problem if you don't admit to a problem. At least uh, President Ramaphosa identified a whole lot of issues that need to be addressed. <laughs> so, so, so I guess at least that's a start. Yeah, yeah. So um, just looking at now the, the fact that, um, you know, we know we cannot rely on um, government. We know that um, the, the future of South Africa, based on the decisions that our government has made in the past and that will probably make in the future. It's very uncertain. And, you know, you make your financial plans, you invest in certain areas or segments of the economy, etc. But it's not necessarily going to turn out the way that you think. So how do you plan long term for an outcome, maybe in 15, 20, 30 years, when the road is so uncertain? Um, yes, Tony, I mean, let's be honest, even if things are crystal clear and wasn't as kind of jaded as it may seem at the moment, it's still difficult planning for the future because the future is uncertain. Having said that is, yes, I think um, if we look at the South African context and the contribution of the government, the decisions and policies and so forth, um, the history um, of what we experienced is not to be deemed to be from a positive, rather from a relatively negative basis. So I think when one plans is one must work on the work, worst case scenarios to kind of um, plan for the worst and hope for the best. I think though we naive if the, if we think the government won't be playing an integral role of plotting the course going forward. Uh, it's too big a player and participant in how things will pan out going forward. So if they don't come to the party, implement stuff and understand and realize the urgency of having to address different things across the board, then I think um, it will be a, a, a choppy road forward. And unfortunately, and there's no one silver bullet. A lot of people say, if that's what I'm experiencing, then from an investment planning point of view, 
I just externalized more and more funds abroad. So, yes, but I mean, that brings me to the point of it's not necessarily going to help you to just have funds abroad because even there you have to make decisions that are uncertain. If we look at the inflationary environment, if you look at you know, the, the um, sort of noise about potential stagflation, if we look at the uh, geopolitical risks, etc., even putting your money overseas is not necessarily um, a certainty, especially when it comes to longer term. I could not agree with you more, and that's why I said some people may refer to it as the silver bullet or may deem it to be the answer for what we experience in South Africa. It never is, because first of all, there's not a one-size-fits-all answer. Secondly, as you correctly pointed out, it's not as if there's not geopolitical and other issues abroad as well. Having said that, at least from an investment structuring point of view, if you know what's the potential pitfalls or if you know things are going difficult or, um, you know, we don't have no change, then you can put that kind of in your model and say that will be a model through possibility. So you can almost take the most negative route that may kind of uh, let you pick or combine different or other asset classes. So, so with the world becoming smaller with information being so readily available, international trade, et cetera, et cetera, things have become much, much more volatile and uncertain. Um, and that's just the way it is. Again, the negativities that we can discuss um, and also was addressed by the president, yet at least that is negativities that we know about. Mm -hmm. um, very often from a planning point of view, it's the things that you didn't put in your thinking cap that comes as a curveball that throw that puts a span in the world. Like for instance, the war last in Ukraine. They were already inflationary pressures, and we all knew that uh, the interest rate reductions globally kind of to kickstart the economies uh, through COVID may lead and will probably lead to inflation, whether it will be temporary or permanent. The war just exacerbated it and kind of just brought everything forward. So it's difficult in any event. And yes, one only have so much information and data regarding the future, but at least from a South African context, we can, to a certain extent, work, work on, in some areas, a worst case, base case. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, that said, you know, if you look at it and you look at somebody planning for, for instance, for retirement, um, you cannot be too... Um, risk averse, because if you're too risk averse, you're going to get no growth, especially if you take inflation into account. We just saw that German inflation, I think, has hit 8%. Um, so, it, you know, you have to take some some risk um, into the future. How do you how do you then balance these uncertainties and taking risk at the same time? Um, and I know. Everybody says it, but that's why diversification, diversification, diversification is the holy grail to ensure risk adjust real returns over time. I'm very glad that you've that that you flagged the risk of being too risk averse. And that's something that we we find often. Um, you know, if you're too risk averse, 
like you correctly said, for the luxury of not being able to lose your money, let's assume you're in cash and you're getting on a money market now, just over 7% pre-tax, you are guaranteed to become poor over time because your longer-term risk is, as you correctly said, inflation. Yes, interesting enough, I've now been doing this for about 27 years, and it's the first time that the U.S., the British, and the German inflation is above ours since I've been in this game. So it is interesting. But so, so to answer your question is, again, that's why you want a mix of asset classes in your portfolio for a couple of reasons. First of all, through diversification of a country, currency, asset class, sectors, geographical areas, you do spread the risk. And it's not kind of just it's more scientific than that. And secondly, also because there will always be uncertainties and nobody, none of us are on Nostradamus. So, so again, that's why you need to diversify over various asset classes and you must never take single bets. Similar to your earlier question of just because it's, it, it, it's a relative volatile environment in South Africa, for many reasons, say for the fact that it's emerging market, which in any of it will result in more volatility, doesn't mean to say that you shouldn't have any exposure there, because also you have probably higher potential returns. That we also see kind of, if you look at our market at the moment, there's almost a little bit of a disconnect between, let's call it High Street and Wall Street, what we're actually experiencing in the trenches and the fundamental problems that we're grappling with and what's going on in the market. Even after yesterday's um, um, speech and just kind of as a little bit of a, 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 a measurement of what the global markets thinks, our, our currency state kind of fairly flat. I see, see it's now trading at 17, 18, 9, so it's moved out slightly. And bond deals moved out slightly. So, 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 um, markets don't always reflect what's going on um, in the trenches. Mm, mm. So uh, now, taking all of this into account, our clients having listened to um, President Ramaphosa last night, um, they've read mostly negative comments about what was said. A few people hopeful that something might come off out of a new focus on electricity provision. But what should financial advisors now do? Should you preempt um, your client's decisions and you know their behavior at this stage? Maybe they're disappointed, maybe they're more concerned than they were before. Um, how do you preempt what they're going to do and what should you be doing as an advisor? If I had to answer that question, one sentence is, whatever I did for my clients yesterday, the speech would not have made that I'm doing anything differently today. Um, because the same uncertainties are at play today than was yesterday. Firstly, say for, I mean, one can always criticize what is said and what is planned, but I, I think the, the, the government realizes that from a power point of view, we've got, we, this is something that needs to be addressed urgently. I think us as the man in the street feels like the talking should now stop and the doing should now start. So, 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 mm. so, so a lot of the negativity 
and the negative implications and what we experience is also already baked into the cake. So, so the short answer is no, I wouldn't change anything pre and post sonar. Having said that, is if I do my modeling and my planning, I'm not putting South Africa at this point in time in a Goldilocks scenario, rather in a muddle through scenario. And again, I'm not suggesting it's doom and gloom, but I'm not expecting fireworks. Okay, so we sort of, <laughs> we, we just monitor things and carry on as before. Yes. So, so yeah, this speech doesn't move the needle for me in any direction. What would be interesting is, uh, and, uh, and I'm almost more um, kind of interested in the budget speech coming up, because remember, again, a lot mm -hmm. of things were said in the sonar speech. And, and again, I think, I think we're now but a punch drunk. If it was said six months ago, a year ago, we would have thought great ideas. But at some point, um, an idea must kind of culminate into something practical, executable into practice. Um, so, 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 so it's going to be interesting to see because remember, none of these ideas can be put into practice without the necessary money to be thrown at it. So I think seeing what the budget has to offer will give us a fairly good indication of what of the words is actually taking priority into practice. Yes, and that's coming very, very soon. So exactly, um, Larry, hopefully I get a chance to talk to you after that. And hopefully we can say that it is something that moved the needle a bit um, for us. You know? Yes, agree. Yeah, Larry, thanks so much. It was great chatting to you. And um, thanks for those um, that feedback.